episode of the Bear Down Podcast, special edition episode for today. The legend herself, Rocky LaRose, Wildcat for Life, longtime Wildcat administrator. Rocky, Bear thanks down. for joining us. Bear Down. <laughs> Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. So we have we have a lot to talk about. Okay. Legacies, your legacy, the legacy of women's sports in Arizona and the, and the Title IX anniversary coming up. But first things first. I think it'd be, we want to start with what you've been up to since your retirement in 2014. We know photography is in there. We know a recent trip to the Arctic Circle, but what have you been up to in retirement? Well, that's exactly right. Of course, always rooting on our Wildcats. Still do that. Love coming to the games. But yeah, I've gotten into photography and I love travel. Wildlife is uh, my number one thing. And so I just uh, go to the spots where they are and uh, just, I don't know, it's been awesome. Yeah. And I'll put the plug in there for you. Rocky LaRose Photography on Instagram, where they can come find you Thank and follow you, you and yep. your, your amazing pictures you take from all corners of the globe. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, you're also still involved in athletics in some regard, serving on the Heritage Committee. Obviously, I always refer to you as the encyclopedia of all things Arizona, but as you they still say, have. I'm history. You are history. <laughs> you take that both ways. Take now. it both ways, but I think it's important for people to know still, you are involved yes. uh, from a historical standpoint as a member of the Heritage Committee. What, what, what type of joy or, or smile does that put on your face still being connected to oh, the rich history? I love it. And I know, you know, it's primarily because I'm the one who's been here the longest, but I'll take that. Uh, yeah, I'm also chair of the Sports Hall of Fame Committee. Uh, I'm chair of the Intercollegiate Athletic Committee. So I love still dipping my toe in, in, into this because it was such a big part of my life. Absolutely. Now that, that first toe dip came, some folks may not know this, as a softball letter winner at the University of Arizona. You were a first-generation letter winner for Arizona and one of the first female student-athletes to be put on scholarship as a softball player. Yeah, I have to tell you, when that happened, I was uh, a first, one of the first to get a full ride. And I have to tell you, I thought I hit the lottery. I mean, I didn't grow up anticipating playing for University of Arizona because that wasn't around when I was growing up. So the fact that I got to play and that they gave me money to play, I honestly felt like I hit the lottery. It was... It was amazing. It really was something. That seminal moment for you, Rocky, of hitting the lottery, as you said. Yeah. When you look back at it at the time and now and now, years later, does it mean something different to you or did it take on a different meaning of, of the impact of that in your life? No, it, it, it still does. I guess the difference now looking back, believe it or not, my heart sort of sinks because it's like, what if I didn't make some decisions along the way that led me to that path? I think that's that's isn't that kind of... It's, it's kind of strange, mm -hmm. but it's that sense of what I would have missed. I'm just so grateful. So grateful. Now, I got to know, what was Rocky, the softball player, like? Scouting report for you as a player. Give us give us the lowdown on you as, as a scholarship softball wow. player in Arizona. <laughs> well, again, I was fortunate. I grew up in Phoenix. We had some really high-end softball going on in Phoenix. So when I came down here, there was some great softball here. Uh, I played first base and shortstop, but I was the number four hitter. I was the cleanup. Clean so up, believe shortstop. it or not, wow. those skinny arms had a little bit of power behind them. But I, I will joke and tell you, I led the team in triples. This is before we had a fence. Okay. So I could hit the long ball, but I wasn't very fast yes. to make it all the way around the home. Uh, a power hitter beyond fences, we'll right. say on yeah. the scout report for Rocky as a softball player. And obviously your career at Arizona just took off from there because you served for the better part of four decades in athletic administration right. through really a renaissance of sports, not just in Arizona, but nationally 
the NCAA, I think, grew from that point on. Did you have any idea at the time when you first started in administration, as it were, of where that path would take you? Well, yeah. You know what's interesting is I, I, I not that I have a split personality, but you kind of think of it differently as an athlete versus an administrator. You know, I mentioned winning the lottery with an athlete. I mean, we were athletes right when Title IX hit, and we got the benefit of Title IX passing. But we were just joyous. We couldn't believe we were getting this opportunity to wear the University of Arizona on our backs. And so we were having fun. That's it. We stepped on the field and we were having fun. Now, as an administrator, you take it a little more seriously and you realize that now this is here. Where are we going to take it from here? And how are we going to build this from the ground up? I mean, there was nothing. You had to build everything from the ground up. So it was a pretty heavy burden. You didn't want to... Uh, I mean, you want to carry on the traditions of what our pioneers truly established. And I know you are a humble person, Rocky, so I'll do the yeah. humble brag for you. <laughs> 35 years in administration in Arizona Athletics. You were SW, you were senior women's administrator for 25 years, longest serving in Pac-12 history. You were also the first woman to have oversight of men's basketball and football while here at Arizona. Did you, could, did you ever have a moment in that whole journey where you were just pinching yourself of like, Every wow. <laughs> single day. And I, and I honestly, I love my work. I couldn't believe that I could be part of a university and part of a system that elevates young people and sh puts them on their way into life. I mean, it, it was, um, yeah, I, I still can't believe it when I look back. So your whole career as an administrator, we'll start with that part. How did you see... Or what are some of the examples, big examples in your eyes of how women's sports grew at the University of Arizona throughout your tenure? Just some of the, whether it's the biggest points or just some of the maybe the more more subtle moments or, or, or milestones that we hit as an athletic department. Yeah, when I, well, obviously you think back of the first, you know, the first time we won the synchronized swimming championship in 1980 under AIAW, or the first time we won the first NCAA championship with softball in 1991, you know, or when we moved into the Pac-10, that was a huge deal. But I think the most memorable day, and I still just vividly remember walking across the lawn from Ina Giddings building to McHale was when the women merged with the men and we moved into McHale Center. That was a momentous day. And that was that was the start of some really amazing times. And, uh, you know, I think the integration of the two programs really set us forward and elevated our, our projections. And it was an elevation for sure. Some of the numbers for, to back this up of Arizona's 22 teen national championships won, 15 from women's sports. <laughs> 56 female student athletes at Arizona have gone to be Olympians. And obviously the NCAA, and Arizona tied for the NCAA lead in most winners of the NCAA Woman of the Year Award at four, the most prestigious award or one Absolutely. of that a, that a female student athlete can earn. And that really launched us into what you mentioned before, which was the growth from Title IX. And here we are in the 50th anniversary of that. It might be hard for you to believe it that is. it's been 50 years. Um, but there has been some serious trailblazers, as it were, at Arizona through this Title IX era, but also kind of some pioneers before. 
I just want to just kind of drop a couple of names and let you discuss their impact at Arizona. We'll start with Ina Gettings. Ina Gettings. And what she did yeah. for the Arizona. Giddy was her nickname. I Giddy. heard she was a very stern, very, you know, methodical person. Mm -hmm. uh, she truly believed in participation and fitness for women. Uh, she believed in uh, extramurals and intramurals and getting as many women involved as possible. Uh, so she's the one who started the movement of intercollegiate athletics. But it was Dr. Mary Roby, who mm -hmm. I'm sure you're going to name next. Yes. By the way, Ina Giddings, uh, a fascinating, fascinating woman. And, you know, Ina Road here in, in uh, Tucson is named after her because she homesteaded out there on 40 acres. So Tucson, you need to call it Ina Road instead Ina. of Ina Road. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and that you led right to it. Mary Roby. Dr. Mary Roby. Wow. So uh, she was actually a student here too, got all of her uh, undergraduate degree here and went on to get her PhD. And um, Mary was, uh, as well as a physical education professor, she became in charge of the Women's Athletic Association and the Women's Recreation Association, which was prior to us becoming intercollegiate athletics. But it's Mary who laid the groundwork and who was a fierce supporter for intercollegiate athletics for women and started us on that path. And in fact, became the first and only director of athletics for women because we were separate departments when intercollegiate athletics started for women in 1972. And between Ina and Mary, here's how you know they're big time. Here's how you know their impact lived on for generations afterwards. Both have buildings named after them here on that's campus. That's right, that's right. Dr. Roby, the gymnastics building is named after Mary. Sue Hillman. Sue Hillman, yes. So this is what I'm so proud of regarding this athletic department and this university. We had so many firsts in the country and Sue Hillman was one of them. She was the first female to be a head trainer over uh, Division I men's football. And in fact, she was the director of medical services for our entire department, first woman in the country. In, in the 1980s. Yeah, so the 1980s. It, was, it was early on to be That's the right. first in, in the right. whole the era of Title IX. Right. And then we'll move on to Meg Richie Stone Meg now is her Richie. name. Wow. Yeah. So Meg was just a very accomplished athlete for us. I, Meg, I apologize because I'll probably say the wrong number, but she won multiple national championships. For, I mean, on two, two hands, probably yes. seven or eight national championships, discus and shot put. She was incredible, an Olympian. And then... Here, here's a quick story about May. <laughs> so she would be down lifting in the room, uh, lift weight weightlifting in our strength and conditioning room, and the football team would see her, and they would be starting to come over to her for advice. Yep. Well, when that happened, that's it. We hired Meg as our head strength coach over football. Again, the first woman in the country. Yeah. How about that? And a, and a recent inductee in the Pac-12 Hall of Honor. Yes, yes. Uh, Very well Just deserved. a couple of years ago for May. And I think beyond the trailblazers that we just talked about, Rocky, uh, in, in historical perspective, I think you can see a lot of parallels in the rise of women's sports throughout the country alongside Arizona softball as a program, yeah. because there's some serious milestones, there's some serious just accomplishments and beyond, and it's hard to minimize this, but beyond the impact of generations of lives being affected by Mike, Mike Andrea and lifting them up. But I do think there's a couple of concrete things you can point to in that comparison. Uh, let's just start with, okay, eight national, yeah, championships, eight national championships, a gold medal and a silver medal coaching That's team right. in the Olympics. Right. But that to me speaks to Mike and Arizona softball's impact on the game nationally and internationally. Absolutely. Mike set the standard. 
There's no doubt about it and how fortunate we were to have him right here in Arizona when we hired him back in 1986. I mean, what a great decision that was. But beyond that, I think the thing we're most proud of with Coach Candrea is how he pulls those women together. They're lifelong friends. Those moments that they were here on that field have changed their lives forever. And that's what we're all about. The next kind of milestone for that parallel in my mind, also growth of the game of softball. Yeah. Vis you know, across the country, Mike made 24 trips to Oklahoma City. The ESPN's development and growth of the Women's College World Series in OKC as an event and a marquee sporting event happened during his tenure. That's right. That's correct. And, you know, I witnessed that being in the front row seat for that from when I played in the College World Series back in Omaha, then to see it develop in Oklahoma City and then to be able to, it was almost like our second home, you know, we, well, it was our second home, our summer mm -hmm. home. We would go there for two weeks every year and uh, yeah, to watch the, the fan grow and then to watch uh, ESPN come in and Holly, who works for ESPN, to be there and to, you know, it was, uh, yeah, it, it was an amazing thing to see. And a, a more concrete, no pun intended, example to point to on that of the growth of, of softball through Arizona. 1993, construction of the first on-campus softball-dedicated facility in the country with Hill and Brand Stadium. That's right. Thank you to the Hill and Brand family for doing that for us. You know, that's the part of Title IX that if I had to say, you know, what was the most um, frustrating is not the word, but I think uh, struggles, I guess, would be the word is that we always felt like it, we had plans in place, plans to get a softball stadium, plans to do this, plans to move forward. But, you know, it always seemed back then like it was taking forever. But then you get a donation from the Hill and Brands and it's done. And then you can build on that and evolve from that and go forward. And, you know, there was a lot of discussions about whether to have that off campus or on campus. And, uh, you know, I was the big fan. We got to have this on campus. And I'm so glad we did because it's just a beautiful facility. And, and, and borrow, it made a huge difference. Absolutely. Yeah. And to borrow a line from Dave Hickey, as he likes to say, Mike's legacy at Arizona was so long he built two stadiums <laughs> because Hill and Brand, they renovated a couple of years ago, but made really the marquee facility west of the Mississippi in the country. And, and just, just for me to show you, when I played, okay, this is, this is going to be that story of walking yes. in the snow for two miles. We had a roll-up backstop that was about this big, and we would roll it up behind home plate for our home games. So, <laughs> so a little bit of a difference there. But for you to walk into modern-day Hill and Brand, yeah, yeah. to know everything we just yeah. talked about that went into that, yeah. what, what do you, what do you, what's it like for you to walk in as a former softball letter winner. I know. I, I, I honestly don't think I have the words for it. It's just, I have flashbacks of where it came from because, you know, now the field, you know, faces in the opposite direction of what it, it's the same landscape, but it's, it faces differently now for us. And so, yeah, when I sit up there, I'll gaze out to center field and go, wow, that was our home plate out there. You know, or there the, we had that, we used to hit foul balls into the synchronized swimming pool and, you know, tried not to kill somebody, yeah. you know, little things like that. Um, so yeah, I, honestly sitting there, it just brings back flashbacks of the history and, and how we got there step by step by step. And it might be a little bit different for you if you sit in that club now, because oh, Mike's, yeah. that's where he sits that's now. Right. And it's that's a whole right. <laughs> weird kind of new dynamic as it yeah. were to have him sitting up there watching the game. Yeah, I'd that. like to see what's going on in his mind. Yeah. <laughs> Can you give us your favorite for public consumption, Mike Andrea story. Oh my gosh. 
Um, yeah, okay. I'll, well, Mike is the most superstitious coach <laughs> I ever worked with. So the first time we went to Oklahoma City, or the first time we won a, a national championship, so I'll go back. I used to ride with the team to the stadium and back, but, uh, you know, it got to the point where if we didn't win, we'd have to shuffle things up, right? So I didn't ride the time that we won our first national championship. And therefore, I can never ride ever again <laughs> in the team bus. <laughs> You'll have to bring it up to him if you see him yeah, out there yeah, at the stadium yeah, next game you go yeah, to. Yeah. Um, but yes, Mike's Mike's legacy in the history of Arizona softball, again, the parallels to the growth of women's sports across the country through Title IX. But it didn't stop there for Arizona. You can right. look to the more recent, I would say, historically significant accomplishments for women's sports in Arizona. I'll point right off the bat, last basketball season, Coach Barnes and the women's yeah. basketball surreal yeah. run to a yeah. national championship game. Yeah. And again, it's for me, it's more about seeing Adia as our player and being on the court and representing University of Arizona and knowing her then as a student athlete and watching this monumental growth in her all the way up to the Final Four in the championship game next year. I mean... I'm privileged to be as old as I am to have been able to see see that happen because yeah. she is one special person. And, and what you can look at too is she started her own legacy here as a student athlete right. playing for Joe Bonacini and, right. and they you know had success reaching the NCAA tournament mm -hmm. and she took that and she just kind of built upon She's it. She's built upon it, absolutely. And, and that whole tournament run and the surreal sort of nature of it, I think yeah. really lamented the legacy of Ari McDonald and just right. the iconic images, right. shots, yeah. shots she made, pictures. Yeah. Yeah. And that to me was sort of the most, maybe one of the more recent sort of stamps of here's Arizona's oh. impact on women's sports. No doubt, no doubt. And you you can tell that just by the fans that are now pouring into McHill Center. Absolutely, tell over 10,000 for the Oregon game a couple oh. of weekends ago. Yeah. Uh, a moment or a, a, another, I would say Wildcat, who's a more recent sort of chase of, of women's sports and, and glory. Jessie Harper, going back to softball, her pursuit of the home run queen title, both Arizona, Pac-12, NCAA. Right. And just sort of, I think, the captivation of how what one woman can do as a, as a student athlete here in Arizona for an entire sport. Exactly. And yeah. it was a cool moment to always see just, you know, packs of young girls waiting to get her autograph after a game. Yeah. Whether she had a home run or not, she yeah. was still in that chase. Yeah, and again, we used to hand out pizza so we could get people to the games. So now we have Jesse. Now you have Jesse Harper, who's, yeah. who's now serving as a GA alongside right. Deja from that team. And also uh, Olympic impact. Yeah. You know, sending student athletes to the Olympics, the last summer Olympics, silver medalists, uh, Delaney Schnell for diving, Deja Mulipola as Team yeah. USA softball. Yeah. So you see almost the international impact in, yeah. of, of the rise of women's sports at Arizona on the Olympic stage now in, in 20. It was 2021 at the time. Right. Well, that takes me back to our mission, which was the pursuit of excellence and us always trying to fund our teams to be able to reach those those amazing pinnacles, whether it be a national championship or the Olympics or, you know, so uh, it makes you proud to know that that as administrator, you want to facilitate the needs of the coaches. And that's kind of the payoff to actually see women succeed and our men athletes also, but to see them succeed and to be able to reach those heights is, is uh, very special. And I'll end it Rocky with this 30,000 foot question. 
looking back now here in 2022, 50-year anniversary of Title IX, everything that's happened both across the country and here in Arizona we just talked about, yeah. what, what do you take away from that? Oh, boy. I'm proud, honored, honored to have played a small role in it all, uh, that it was part of my legacy. Um, very honored, very honored, and excited to see what the future holds. Absolutely, and the future is bright for all, all of Arizona's teams, especially for women's sports right now. Yes. We have numerous programs in the top 10, top yeah. 15 national rankings. So that legacy, mm -hmm. I think, will carry on long past this 50-year yeah. anniversary for, for all the Wildcat programs. Yeah. But Rocky, thank you for joining us today. Okay. Thank you for this conversation. Thank you. Women's Sports in Arizona and the 50th anniversary of Tile 9, the future is bright and the era has been great for Arizona athletics. Thank you.